Just before we jump in, we just wanted to flag that this film has um, a lot of references to sexual abuse and suicide, murder and violence. Um, We're going to be discussing these topics on the podcast and there's a few areas of sensitivity. So if this isn't the right episode for you to listen to or you need a little bit more time to build up to it, we've got lots of other great episodes for you to listen back to. If any of this content does affect you, please contact womensaid.org.uk or supportline.org.uk. <laughs> welcome to Frank Film Club. The film club where anything goes and everyone's welcome. Frank Film Club, take one. Welcome back to Frank Film Club, the film club where anything goes and everyone's welcome. I'm back here again with my friends, Larry and Maisie. This is a place where we get together every week to talk about films and um, dissect them, what we like about them, what we don't like about them, um, and just generally have a good old chat. This week, we're speaking about Promising Young Woman that was directed by Emerald Fennell, um, starring Carrie Mulligan, Max Greenfield, Bo Burnham, uh, Jennifer Coolidge, who we love, um, so girls, what did you think? I watched this film on my own a while ago. So this wasn't my first time watching it. My second time watching it. Um, loved it more the second time than I did the first time. Had some critical thoughts the first time. But this time around, I enjoyed it a lot more. And I got to watch it with another girl and a guy. And so it was really interesting to hear their thoughts and takes on it also. But yeah phenomenal movie this was the first time i've watched it and i've been meaning to watch it for ages because i have heard so many things about it like i feel like everybody has and i thoroughly enjoyed it i have i do have a lot of thoughts i'm i'm excited to hear about people's thoughts on it but i definitely really enjoyed it it just has so many like twists and turns and kept me guessing the whole way through which is something that i love Mm -hmm. i think it was excellently put together the music, the casting, the choices there, the story, the way that it moved. I watched it with my boyfriend the first time. We had some questions about some of the choices, especially with like empowerment, disempowerment, you know, what is the line there with all of that stuff. Then I listened to some interviews with the director, Emerald, who um, was explaining a lot of those things that I had questions about and watching it after hearing her words about it brought it all together for me so I think it's it's a piece of art really to be honest with you when you hear what she wanted to do um and I just think it's brilliant filmmaking so um yeah let's talk about the tone first of all I I asked you this on Midsummer, but what genre do you think this is I think this is a dark comedy is what springs to mind for me Maisie you look like you don't think that I really wasn't laughing. Oh, was I laughing? That's true. I think like Bo Burnham was like sometimes funny, and she, and Carrie Mulligan's character Cassie had some funny lines. But for the most part, I thought that this was revenge thriller. Yeah. So those are the words that I had written down as well: revenge thriller, dark comedy. Because I feel like there are elements in there which make you feel like it's comedic. But I, you're right, I wasn't laughing. Like, it's not funny. 
No. Yeah. There were definitely parts in it that that were funny, but I can't think of any. Obviously, Bo Burnham was hilarious and he's great. And we can get on to him in a bit. But I do think with other characters, there was humour at times. One thing that I did struggle with in the first watch was understanding the tone. Because I felt like everyone was... Well, this is going to sound very blunt, but the first watch, I felt like everyone was making a different type of film. The women were making like a revenge thriller and the men were making a comedy. That's kind of how it felt. Like the men at the end were really funny. Bo's obviously like incredibly funny. But then now they're doing this because they are accidentally doing it differently to each other. I think that it's like intentional and all of the guys in it are just disingenuous and like you're kind of like read the room and like they're not really like switched on to like the severity of the conversation almost and I thought that it was powerful on the second watch it made me not like them even more and I think that that was like intentional definitely so there's um a lot of casting against type in this and when the actors were coming in like the Jennifer Coolidge Max Greenfield and um what's the guy that plays um McLovin like they yeah they're characters, they're, they're like funny, nice guy characters. That's what they play. And they're still playing those people, but just as real people doing something that is bad. So it's like, it puts you on edge that and makes you feel like, well, we can't trust any man. Like these aren't horrible, dark, twisted, very obviously like, evil-minded man like this happens a lot which yeah fyi it bloody does like it happens a lot Mm -hmm. that's so true it's like you trust them and they are a familiar friendly guy and that's why it's even more difficult because everyone's like we love them they could never have done that and like that's the problem with like also how that so many victims face especially when it's like they speak out about someone who's like popular or whatever and it's really funny that you say that you felt on the first watch that everybody was making a bit of a different film because when Max Greenfield came on board and when I first watched the film, after Cassie dies, I was very confused with the tone after that because something so shocking happens and then it does turn into this like comedy of errors type situation And Max Greenfield, when he came on, that was one of the questions that he had was like, he he didn't understand either. He didn't understand the tone. The um, do you know what where the name comes from for the film? No. So there was a court case which was about um, I don't know the like full details, but it was in America and it was on a college campus, and the guy gets accused of um of rape. And he gets like a very low sentence for the um, for the crime. And the judge, when he's like delivering his verdict, he called him a promising young man. That doesn't even surprise me. I feel like, yeah. No. Like like with the, when she goes in to see the dean and she says, we have to give these boys the benefit of a doubt. Well, why are we not giving the women the benefit of a doubt? Oh, I hate that so much. That scene, like, infuriated me. That whole conversation, which is the point. 
So the idea for the film, where it all grew from, the seed that it was, was that first scene with Adam Brody where she's... Um, it, this was just like a scenario that came into Emerald's head. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? It's so good. <laughs> and they're so scared that the person is sober. Like, that is the scariest thing to them. That I know, they get so freaked out that they're just a person <laughs> talking. Like, the whole way through, like, I wanted to be like, this is a caricature of real people. But I just, I couldn't. I was like, I have heard this. I have seen this. Mm-hmm. I know that, like... That's real. Let's let's talk about that last scene. I loved it. And I was watching it with Ron, who was like, what, that's so stupid. Like, why would she just die? For me, it was like the cherry on top of them keeping me guessing the whole way through. And then I was, I, and I was like, well, you know, that's how it is. That's how the, wor- the world is. <laughs> like, bit bleak, but that was my thoughts. Thinking that she wasn't going to, do her whole scheduled messages type thing and still kind of like do something else. I thought it was over. And then when she did that, I was like, oh my God, they've done it again. <laughs> it's another surprise. So I it, I really liked it. After her death, it did kind of feel like there was no other way that this movie could end. But then when there is the sort of like chain of messages, that sort of brought it back into the realm of like an enjoyable, marketable commercial film where you can go, okay, I can end this movie and I can like not feel traumatized or, you know, I like I can, I can put it back into like the make believe world, um, which I, de- I really appreciated because like I do really struggle when the end of a film is so bleak, like it really does af- affect me. And it doesn't make me want to watch it again. Whereas this I will watch and watch and watch. And I think that the message is still really strong and it still is there and it has been impacted. But yeah, really with that bit when Cassie passes, I didn't think that there was any other way of doing it. And I, I thought that without seeing her like completely mutilated or whatever, I think that the makeup on the pillow is an image that I'll never forget and is really harrowing to me. And I just think it's such a powerful way of showing that without ever making an actress being a... Well, I mean, you'd have to ask Kerry Mulligan whether it was uncomfortable being under that cushion, but I imagine there's ways of doing it where it's like, it's not awful. And and yeah, I just I just think that it was very well done. So, a couple of things. Initially, that last... The last scene of the film was going to be them burning her body. And then they tested it. And um, I was listening to an interview with Emerald Fennell and she said that a fight, a physical fight broke out in one of the screeners, one of the tests. Oh my God. Um, But, and someone was saying like, they didn't agree with it. And then someone was like, we can go if you don't want to watch it. Anyway, after probably quite a lot of discussion, they added in that last bit to wrap it up in that, exactly what you've just said there. So, um, so yeah, it was too bleak. It was too bleak for a lot of audience. So, and I, I, I did feel, to be honest with you, the first time I watched it, I was like, no, like, why? Like, why have we got to let the, the man win? But like, hello, like, if she was going into a room with 10 men and she's thinking she's going to do something awful to that man, she 
you know, chances are she'd be overpowered by a, a man because she's... Yeah. I don't know if that's, like, such a pessimistic way of thinking of it. L- leading up to that moment, it was really interesting watching it with my friend Bill. And, like, this is no nothing to him, but it was just, like, his honest reaction as we're going through. Before you know fully, fully what she's going to go and do and she's going to find them all again, it's, like, when she kind of realises that Bo's character still knows the guy who, who assaulted um, Nina, M- my friend Bill... He's like, he's just got to leave it in the past, though. And I thought that was really interesting because from our perspective, we're like, it's not in the past. It's, n- it's never been dealt with. It's never ended. And it's never... And, and it's, just, it's, it's just interesting that just those two different perspectives of, 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 of how that ending is going to go because she does, she does go there with not good intentions. And there's reason for it. There's, you know, you know why. And... It's a very real way for that to end when you push cisgendered guys. Just to talk about the smother scene. So um, Emerald Fanord's uh, stepdad is um, used to be a policeman. And she really wanted that scene to not shy away from the reality of what it is. And um, it's so funny because all of these things, there's like, um, it's like popcorn and pink and like fruity dresses. And like the soundtrack is so girly and like amazing, which we can talk about in a sec. But then you've got all of that really very real um, and horrible stuff in there. So the smother scene, she asked her stepdad, how long does it take to kill someone by smothering them and it's 2.5 minutes and they filmed that scene for 2.5 minutes oh my god and and do you know have you seen any interviews with carrie mulligan about that yeah not not going into too much detail that i've been able to find anyway but just that she wanted it to feel real and none of them wanted to shy away from that The other thing for me that I really, well, I wanted to ask you about, which is very different, um, is that she gets vengeance on the women as well as the men. Yeah. By putting them in in danger in some ways. And what did you think about that? I've just never seen that before. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's really interesting because as much as like in media, we really like to pit women against each other and it's like not great I do also think that um we've all got a lot of like learning and accepting to do around this topic and we're like we'd be wrong to say that all women think the way that we think and like would agree with everything that we're saying and the more you do that, the more those women who do think differently get alienated and alienated. And, and it's like, you know, I do think that it's a conversation that everyone needs to be having. And so the fact that it's not a gendered thing or a gendered like attack, I think is just more like accepting of like the actual real world, maybe. It's a more true reflection of our society because like we live in a misogynistic society we're probably all a bit misogynistic because that's just how we've been brought up and that's just like ingrained into us sadly right the male gaze yeah exactly so I think it it was an attack on that and not an attack on the gender if that makes sense yeah 
Yeah. Like, where are we all culpable? Who is to blame for things like that? Well, anybody who doesn't stand against it, really. So true. So let's talk about some of the lighter elements. Um, Let's start with the music. I absolutely love the music in this film. Oh my God, unbelievable. The music was so good and such bold, bold choices. And they hit every single time. And I think that cover, that um, violin cover of Toxic, Britney Spears, ugh, obsessed. Yeah. I absolutely love Boys by Charlie XCX. And when that came on at the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm in. So good. And the par- and the Paris Hilton song is just such an excellent choice. Yeah. I have a fact. Ooh. Go on. When Cassie comes in one of the days, um, her mum and dad are sat watching a old black and white movie. And the film is called The Night of the Hunter. And that movie is like about a self-appointed preacher um, and serial killer uh, travels um, along the Ohio River and like murders women, basically. And like, that's what this film is about, The Night of the Hunter. And then after she realizes that Bo is not good, one of the songs from The Night of the Hunter plays in this film and I, I don't, I can't even tell you what the hell the song goes, but it's just like a really, really powerful moment in the score. And it's like from that movie that they are watching on television. And it's like just a little Easter egg thing. That's cool. I love that in films. She's, she's very, very smart filmmaker. Am I right in thinking, sorry, there was a little cameo in there of Emerald. Huh? When? Yeah. The... The blowjob bliss. Yeah, she's doing the makeup. Tu- she's doing a makeup tutorial video. Oh, that's her! She does the blowjob lips. So I saw some stuff online where people were saying that Carrie Mulligan was too old for this, and obviously in any film ever where there's a woman, they're always talking about how they're too old or too whatever. Um, but I think on the second watch, I was like, oh, I think that's because she's 30 years old in this. Um, but I think that like her styling was like very, very like childish way. I don't know. I've never met a 30 year old who has every single fingernail different color. You know, I don't know. And that's not saying that they shouldn't. Well, it brings up a good point because, um, Margot Robbie produced, was one of the producers on this film. And um, there was a critic with, I forget which publication, but they highly criticised Kerry Mulligan as a choice for the lead role and said, it seems to me like um, it was made and written for Margot Robbie, but then at the last minute they got in Kerry Mulligan or something like that, something along those lines. And anyway, he got, there was like calls for him to get fired and stuff like that. So... um, yeah, there, there has been conversation around that, which just grinds my gears. <laughs> because she, right, first of all, she's absolutely gorgeous. She is young, it is believable. There's no like question on that. And 
even like in a film marketable commercial world, that all makes sense anyway. But regardless, why does somebody need to be young, thin, pretty, and whatever to be able to play this type of character that's like sexy and funny and clever and it was a man also yeah and it's also just like way to like you're a film critic you you really didn't you you really misread the entire movie so well done that's just a really strange thing to even comment on read the room say hello to a new era of mental health care Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Now. It's time for In In the the Club. Club. And now it's time for my favourite part of the show where we go in the club and we invite some of you to get involved and send us your thoughts and questions and feelings on the film. And this film in particular, I was really excited to get questions and feelings about it because I think it is one that divides a bit of opinion. Um, So uh, we are going to start with a question from at Frankie FM. And Frankie FM has asked, what would you like men to take away from this film? I think that I would like men to go away from this film not being defensive about anything and just saying, yeah, that could probably happen in this world. What I would really love for men to take away from this film um, is definitely what you've said there, Lowry, about being defensive about um, the subject matter and thinking that it's over the top and too dramatic and things like this don't actually happen. But maybe just think a little bit about any experiences that they might have had where this type of scenario might have played out in the friendship group. It doesn't have to be them specifically, but like behavior that has been tolerated in the past and how it just shouldn't happen and how it's not like, it shouldn't be like lads, lads, lads. If somebody is drunk and there is not a, a serious level of consent there, then you all need to be having conversations with each other to take accountability for that. Yeah, I think that it would be easy for a friendship group to look at this and think, yeah, well, we've never killed someone, so obviously this isn't us. But if people are upset and people are hurting and relationships are, like, crushed, 
then like no no one in that situation can say that they did nothing wrong and so i think just like taking responsibility for your actions whether they were as massive as this yeah just looking at your your friendship group and seeing the similarities and taking responsibility for that i think that's important i i also think that um and this has been a real topic of conversation since all the sarah everard stuff and um when there's ever been a situation like this like when i was in university with like one of my friends or if this has ever been a topic of conversation it's always been like oh god i should have been a better friend i should have been there i should have this i should have that and it's always like a topic of conversation for the girls but yeah we're talking about like the boys being accountable for themselves and not like egging each other on i think um that's it's not the girl's responsibility it's, it's not the it's not any victim's responsibility it's the attacker i guess yeah and every time that you as like a guy like see something and think oh i'm not gonna bring it up because it's just gonna oh it'll just make a fuss or i'm not gonna like every time you do that like you are damaging like women like every time that you just think to yourself oh i'm not I'm not gonna like that probably wasn't right but am I actually gonna say something like if you don't then you are accountable like you are part involved in like this problem because like it's gonna take for both men and women to like want things to be different for it to actually change so yeah it's like a lot of responsibility on the girl to like do different things and we're always talking about ways that we can be more safe and like learning martial arts or like carrying your keys between your fingers or like all of these things that we always like sort of talk about but like do guys ever talk about how they can like protect women and like make sure that they're not yeah not putting women in danger and like protecting their friends who are questionable do you think as well it might be a generational thing in terms of like I know now if and when I became I become a parent that that I would speak to a son as much as I would speak to a daughter about how things should be handled and how to look after yourself but also how to look after other people I don't feel like my parents our parents or parents that I knew from you know my friends that were speaking to their sons about how to treat women it was more oh girls make sure you don't get too drunk make sure you don't walk home by yourself make sure you don't you know but I would say I would speak to my son now you'd hope that more people are getting that now again going back to when everything happened with Sarah Everard I know that Ron's got a group chat it's like a big boys group chat and they on that were suddenly realizing like talking about the things that were going on and they were all just like owning up to having no idea that girls had to go through all of these things and all these worries and they were just so, yeah so un unaware of it all so yeah completely think that it, it might be changing hopefully I love the honesty in that though mm -hmm. that they're having conversation in their lads group and being honest with with that that's so great that's true yeah. At Foundation FM asks, do you see yourselves in any of the women in the film? So, guys, I'm going to have to confess something. And it's not something that I'm very proud of, but it is something that we as women love to laugh about. Um, but I'm, I really have, I'm really not very trusting of, of 
men, <laughs> like at all, like in my core. Um, and it's actually, it's quite damaging to a lot of men who are really lovely and boys who actually do just want to, you know, just be like, I don't know, just be a friend, be whatever. Um, it's like sometimes when I meet really, really amazing people, I can't help but like tarnish them with the same brush of like every other man. Um, and so, yeah, in terms of um, uh, tricking men in a club and pretending I'm drunk so as I can kill them, I kind of see myself doing that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think she kills any of them, but... <laughs> no, it's just because she has that, like, um, jam. But I would do that if I was doing Yeah, but I would, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I see myself in these two examples but it did make me think about the consequences of certain behaviors that I might have had when I was younger so the lady who is the dean of the school and you know the girl that she takes out for a a drink and I've never done anything obviously I've never done anything that severe but I think there's obviously when you're younger in high school especially where you start to think about was there ever a moment where I was complicit in something not as drastic but something that would have really hurt someone and was a source of a problem and even though I wasn't the person to do it has there been moments that I've been complicit and I would hope now that I would speak up if I saw something so I don't see myself in those but it it really made me think was there anything that happened when I was in uni or high school that I was totally complicit in you know so our next question is from audrey schooler they have asked best song in the soundtrack i was busy thinking about boys yeah you like that one don't you love that one (laughs) yeah i think i'm i think that's probably my favorite as well i love the like new version of um toxic so good with the strings the violin version oh god it's amazing if i could just have that playing constantly everywhere i go (laughs) that would be your theme tune but so every time you enter a room maze it would be like she's toxic (laughs) yeah that would be yeah exactly and i'd go (laughs) (laughs) yeah screeching well obviously paris hilton's absolute banger is gotta be up there Oh yeah. I'll show you mine. Let's see what this love can do. Baby, I'm perfect for you. Yeah, I'm gonna solid boys. Only for the um music video, just because I was Riz Ahmed's in it. That's like a really good music video. That's how you I feel like that's how you appreciate men. That's how you do it. In a healthy way. <laughs> With teddy bears on their heads. Right? Yeah, and just, like, eating, like, waffles and, like, riding around on bikes, like, like, our stupid men who we love. <laughs> I just feel like if you had a song that was girls, it would not be like that. <laughs> and that's kind of the point I'm getting at, I think. I feel like, yeah, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't degrade men, but it also appreciates them. And it's like, we haven't really found out how to do that with women yet in pop culture. True. Anyway, shout out Charlie XCX. 
Shout out. Uh, so, girls, final thoughts. Very excited to see what Emerald does next. It's a fantastic film. I think it's a fantastic film. There we go. I never used to have the confidence to say that, but I actually, that's what I feel. And I know that for sure, not because anyone's told me. I, that's my, that's how I feel. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 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 And that's what Film Club is all about. Yeah, look at that. (laughs) It was a fantastic film in so many ways that we've already spoken about. And it's one that I will watch again and I will recommend to a lot of people. Agreed. Um, Same. I just think it's such a well put together film. All of the elements are just, as you say. And also you say, Maisie, like you're excited to see what comes from the next. This is Emerald Fennell's debut feature film. And mad. I just... How? Obviously she's got like a great history of writing on Killing Eve and she's in The Crown and she's got all of this amazing experience but um, Mm -hmm. she was the first British woman to be nominated for Best Director Oscar as well so go Emerald shut the front door we love love it (laughs) love it we love you we mark you could chat about it forever but I won't (laughs) (laughs) but I won't (laughs) okay bye (laughs) thank you so much for listening to this week's episode if you enjoyed it please don't forget to give us a five star rating and tune in next week where we will be watching the film zola which came out in 2020 and is directed by janisa bravo you can watch it on apple tv or amazon prime and we will see you next week for more frank film club bye This podcast was presented by Wrapped.